Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Welcome back, folks, to this beautiful Sunday morning where we have a couple lines open. The number to call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Yeah, it's 92.3. Anyway, uh, Bill and Scott still be up next. And after Bill, we've got a couple open lines, 602-277-5827. Good morning, Bill. Morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. I've got a problem with my lemon tree. Something, it'll pick one lemon, and I can tell that it got, like, bit off at the stem. It'll lay on the ground for a day, and then about a quarter size of the pill will be eaten. And then the next day, about another quarter size, until it gets about a quarter of it pilled, eaten off, and then it'll start eating the pulp of the lemon. Hmm. And I've set rat traps and rat poison, and I... I don't know what it is. Well, normally, Bill, you know, rats don't like lemons. But perhaps you have a southern rat. Maybe it's got some uh, genes that uh, that enjoy lemons more, you know, like a southern Mediterraneans do. But I don't know. It's uh, it's pretty unusual for, for rats to eat lemons. Um, you know, they love oranges. They'll eat grapefruit. But uh, lemons are, are, you know, pretty unusual. Um, well, that's why I'm wondering if there's anything else in the desert here in Scottsdale. I'm by that big open space from north of Pinnacle Peak between Scottsdale Road and Tatum. I'm north of that. I think what you need uh, to do is you need to get a little game camera and put out there and, and see what it is, because I'm kind of curious. You know, it, it could be... I, I tried, yeah, I tried my cameras. I, I've got some cameras, and it doesn't catch anything. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I don't know if they're too small to set off the motion detector or what's going on. Yeah, I mean, the, for the fruit just to drop even this time of year, you know, a fair bit of lemons do that. But but as to what's eating it, you know, it's, it's kind of unusual because not a lot of things I know of like to eat lemons. Um, they, you know, it could even be like a chuckawall or something. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Well, it's not, it's not dropping off the tree because there's part of the stem is there, and you can tell that something has bitten it off. Oh, it's been chewed off? You know, I, I would, yeah. lo- I would look at chewing off fruit. Well, ground, ground squirrels like would do a lot of that kind of stuff. You know the little the little small ground squirrels we call them ninos out at the farm, but uh, yeah, we they, have a bunch of those. Yeah, that that would probably be a, a good candidate because I've never seen a rat eat one, and uh, typically ground squirrels wouldn't either. But you know when they get hungry, they'll eat a lot of different things. And, so how do I keep them from eating my lemons? Well, grow more lemons. I mean, they're not going to eat that many. You know, and your lemon. How old's your lemon tree? Uh, this one's probably ten or twelve years old. Yeah, so it should have a big crop. You should get a couple hundred lemons off it. Probably got close to a couple hundred. We've already sent out like four boxfuls of 15 or 20 each, and it's still loaded. Yeah, so if you give up a few to the ground squirrels, I don't think you're doing too bad. You know, what will happen with the lemons, you know, by nature is this time of year, a fair bit of the fruit falls off the tree anyway. You know, and if you go out to our lemon orchards, I mean, they're all littered on the ground with lemons that have fallen on their own. But uh, hopefully the squirrels, you know, will, will get to where they just as soon not pick and eat the ones that fall. 
I hope so. Okay. <laughs> All right, Bill. Good luck. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Don in the Santan Valley. Good morning, Don. Good morning, Ryan. Um, I've got a quick question, or not, uh, hopefully a few quick questions. Um, I talked to you about a month or so ago. We had a uh, thornless lime that just never produced. We had, you said, basically, um, they, they're not going to do that well. So we came in and we bought actually three citrus trees. They're still at your um, Stapley location. Uh, an oral blanca, uh, Mexican lime, and a caracara orange. And we're going to pick them up here in the next week probably. And plant, they're going to be planted in kind of a row. Okay. Um, is there any one in particular or any order that should what should one be in the center? Um, should one be... You know more to the south. Well, they're going to definitely any... they're going to be definitely different size, and they're going to look different characteristic wise. The prettiest citrus tree of all, almost, is that Oro Blanco. It's got a bigger, shinier leaf and a really nice form. Makes a beautiful tree, and uh, so that one's going to be a bigger, fuller tree. The uh, lime tree is going to grow up kind of like a tumbleweed, and it's going to grow very fast and be full and bushy, and uh, but with a vigorous, upright form. The caracara is going to grow slow. So it's going to be a smaller tree and uh, dense and round, but it also produces some of the best oranges, I think, that there are. So, um, you know, by size difference, in the long run, the Oro Blanco will get bigger, but it will grow slower because it's grown on a sour orange rootstock. And the um, okay. so the lime's going to grow the fastest. It's going to be on a lemon rootstock, and it's going to grow twice as fast as the other trees do. But once the uh, Oro Blanco kind of kicks in, it'll it'll you know get as big as the lime or bigger. And the navel, which is the caracara, is going to grow slow. So however you want to you know portion them that way. Typically, when we plant orchards, you know we put them on about a twenty four by twenty four foot grid. But if you don't have room for that, you can certainly plant them closer together. Our Meyer lemon orchards are planted on a 12 by 24, and they've grown together like a hedgerow. And you could grow them either way. Okay, yeah, ours are going to have to be a little tighter than that because mm-hmm. they'll be in a row. But um, because of our property, that's, that's it. And then we were hoping to be able to prune them somewhat uh, so they don't grow into each other. But um, um, that's years down the road. Anyway. Well, and, and Don, the thing about it is it won't hurt them to grow into each other. You know, you'll give up a little okay. bit, but they'll grow into a nice screen. But just keep in mind that the lime's going to grow the fastest, okay? The okay. Blanco is going to be the biggest and prettiest. And the orange tree, the caracara, is going to be the smallest, but produce wonderful fruit. I, you know, I, th- I think if you're picking three varieties, you know, three varieties of trees, that's a great combination. Perfect. Um, the other question is there for um, I get a couple of soil soil amendment. What should we add or do to the soil um, around it when we plant it? Well, I take it they're is probably there fifteen gallons. So what you want to do is dig a hole twice as wide as the container. Okay, they're twenty fours. We got oh, they're twenty fours. Oh, you're gonna you're, you're a hardy angler. You're gonna plant some big ones. So you want to dig a hole probably thirty six inches wide. Okay? okay, and about thirty inches deep, and the soil that you take out, you want to mix it with some compost or mulch. You want to backfill the bottom and water at one time so that the trees don't settle and aren't planted any deeper than they are in the containers. The most important mm-hmm. thing is not to get them in the ground too deep. You know, if you get them too deep, you'll have all kinds of problems. So you want the soil level about even, you know, on the container as it is now with the new soil. Build a well around them. Uh, you know, typically what we would do is lay them on their side. They're, they're in plastic containers, I take it. 
Yep, they are. Yeah, so just take lay them on their side next to the hole. Take a razor blade knife, cut the bottom off the can, throw it aside, and just stand them back up in the hole. And then you can split the hole up, the can up the side with a razor blade knife. And then take your hose and put it in the hole beside the tree and water from the bottom up the first time. And that'll take out any okay. air pockets that you might have. And make sure that the, the trunks remain wrapped for the first year or two until the canopy gets big enough to shade the trunk. Okay, on that, when you said about the planting, the, the one that we got, I forget which, I think, it, I don't know which one of the trees it was, because they're still at your um, nursery. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them had um, where, like, the roots were already up about an inch or two. They were coming out like a... Okay, and so what you like want to do, Don, is you want to cover that, yeah, just cover that, you know, up to that level. Okay, we call that okay. the root flare, where the roots come out of the trunk. So you want to have yeah. that about an inch under the ground. Okay, so that doesn't hurt to bury that now. No, no, you'd, you'd, want, you'd want to plant a little deeper, and like I say, put it about an inch under the ground. Okay, and my wife was worried, too, about one I hate to keep bugging you, I've been taking your time. The the ones that we picked out had, actually, the, the there were some several large orange, or um, grapefruit already on them, mm-hmm. or Oro Blancas, um, and a lot of the limes. Should we, those... Um, if they're still on the tree, on, should those be picked off? To, well, the thing we about it is when you're that? wrestling around and handling them, the, the, the Oro Blancos are ripe already, so you might as well eat them because <laughs> they're probably as good as <laughs> they're going to get. And uh, in moving the tree around, there's a good chance they could fall off. Okay, we were just worried about stressing if that no, was... No, it's not going to harm It's not going to harm the tree if you want to leave it on. It's fine. Okay. Um, and one other quick question, if I can... Queen palms, we have some. Um, what should we do um, fertilizer-wise and um, for those? Well, right now um, you want to fertilize them with a good balanced fertilizer. It's just going into their growing season. And even like a citrus food will be fine. But in addition to that, what you want to pick up is a manganese spike. And uh, the manganese spike gives them extra manganese, which is a huge benefit to them this time of year. And with queen palms, you want to fertilize them pretty regularly, probably three or four times between now and the end of May, to get them as healthy as you can so they can be healthy and vigorous for the summer. Okay, we got some ones we were told to get, um, uh, I thought it was calcium nitrate. Is that Was that for that? Well, we usually don't need extra calcium here. You could, you know, but but the most important different ingredient other than just a good balanced fertilizer that, you know, because most good fertilizer are going to have some iron in them, which you need, and some zinc and manganese and magnesium, but they need extra manganese. So if you get a manganese spike and put in an addition to a good balanced fertilizer or a palm feed, uh, it would be better. Don, thanks for the call. You just pwned one in? Yeah, well, it depends on how big the trees are. In a big, you know, 10-foot of trunk queen palm, probably put in three. Okay, perfect. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Don. Bye-bye. Uh, Paul and Glendo. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. My question is, uh, I have a, a kumquat tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably in a five-gallon uh, bucket right now. Uh, we got it last year. I was wanting to put it in the – I can't. I still can't put it in the ground, but I was wondering if I need to put it in a, something bigger. Well, if you want to keep and, it for a long time in a container, Paul, you can. And if you're planning on, you know, leaving a container for several years, I would recommend potting it back in dirt, like a sandy loam soil, instead of potting soil. And that way you can keep okay. it in a container. It'll grow slow, but it'll last for years that way. It'll be less maintenance. You'll use less water, less fertilizer. And it'll probably stay happier. Uh, and then the one, uh, other thing would be, I heard that you could transplant it, or it's better to transplant it than a full moon. 
Is that having a certain thing, or can I do it tomorrow? You can do it tomorrow. There's a lot of moon phases, and there are certainly things to planting by moon phases, but not with citrus trees. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks, Paul. Bye-bye. And we're going to take a short break. We come back. we got uh, John, Karen, Paula, and then it could be you, the number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. It's Brian and Julia here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. I should stay. I would only be in your way. So I'll go. But I know I'll think of you every step of the way. And I Welcome back, folks. There's no easy place to cut into this song. Anyway, happy Sunday. Welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We do have two lines open. The number to call, Miss Julia, at 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. John in Sun City. Good morning, John. Good morning, sir. Hey, I've got a grapefruit tree, like a lot of people. Very large and uh, old tree. It's got two things going on with its leaves. It's got some brown splotches, and they have a little yellow halo kind of working around the edges and then some of the leaves are almost looking like a variegated type of yellow to green look what's going on well that could either be a chemical toxicity or it can be a lack of fertilizer and nutrients so um we can kind of you're, you're well, in sun city you have, go ahead i, I was going to say that i haven't done anything to you know put it to make it toxic in its area i haven't sprayed anything or done anything like that okay so if you know no, no herbicides used at all in the yard no. Uh-uh. Okay. So no. then what, let's say it's probably a mineral deficiency. Out in Sun okay. City, you have heavy clay soil, and below that you have kind of caliche, which doesn't penetrate water very much. So here's what you want to do is probably throw a pretty heavy dose of gypsum, okay, all around okay. and underneath the tree. Do you water with bubblers in a well? Yes. 
Okay. So you fill the well when you're when you're bubblers, and you do it every couple weeks. That's that's right. Okay, perfect. So what you want to do is throw a pretty heavy dose of gypsum in there, okay? And then you want to use a good citrus fertilizer. Organo Pro is a good one because it has chelated iron and sulfur in it. And the iron will help probably some of that chlorosis, which is the baning in the leaf, okay? And now is the perfect time to get out and feed it while you're thinking about it. And grapefruits are the most frost-hardy of all citrus. Well, kumquats are tougher, but they're pretty hardy at any rate. So if you go ahead and you can fertilize it now or you can wait till Valentine's Day, which is the norm, and uh, and fertilize it. And then uh, when you water it the, the next time, after you fertilize it, after you put the gypsum in, put a hose on there, just slow, and let it run overnight. Okay, kind gotcha. of, that's going to kind of push the salts and other things away from it and put the fertilizer in at the same time. And, and that gotcha. should all work well. And if you wanted to help it even a little bit more, if you'd put you know, maybe a couple gallons of vinegar under it and just take that when oh. you're putting the water in the well, put the vinegar in, that's going to help to push the old salts and things down below. And you might do that first. You might preemptively, you know, dump some gypsum and some vinegar in there and then just leach it first, you know, run the hose for, you know, overnight, slow, and just let it sure. fill up the well and then come back and fertilize it and then kick your regular bubblers back on let the bubblers take the fertilizer down. You should be fine. All right. Sounds good. I'll do it. And I thank you very much. Thanks, John. Bye-bye. And one other point is for if anybody's fertilizing like that, if you have a tree that's still kind of stubborn and won't green up, you might try some foliar fertilizer like a 20-20-20 or miracle Grow or something on the foliage, and that gives you a quicker green. Karen down in Casa Grande, good morning. Good morning, Brian. I kept my uh, Bermuda through the winter mm-hmm. uh, per your advice, and uh, I need to know what to do now to um, fertilize uh, through the summer, when to start watering, and when to bring my uh, Bermuda back. Well, it also, looked... I put a pre-emergent on in September okay. and uh, in January. Perfect. So so now's the time. It looks like our weather's going to hit 80 this next weekend, according to John Roller. And John knows everything. He's the newsman. So um, if it does, that's the time to go ahead and fertilize. So you can go ahead and fertilize this next week. Okay, and I would just use like a twenty-one-seven okay. fourteen lawn fertilizer. Most of those are based mm-hmm. with some ammonium nitrate, so they work better in cool weather, which is like now. So I would go ahead and uh, fertilize it, water your fertilizer in, and then probably go to a little heavier water cycle. Not not like a summer cycle, but if you put up a capturing device, put a half inch of water on at a time, and then check the ground with a screwdriver when it's dry, water again, um, it should kick up and, and green right up. Oh, okay. And then how many times a year do I need to put the pre-emergent on? Well, if you have it on now, you might try. If you had some problem with spurge last summer, you might hit it once more in April if you have some bare spots, okay? But, oh, okay. But by putting it on now, what you've already done, and with good help, you know, some good fertilizer, uh, you might find that it just greens up and fills in real thick. And once it's thick, the weeds won't germinate. Oh, okay. And um, I need um, two... Uh, evergreen trees for my backyard for shade for mm-hmm. privacy and your folks out in Stanfield can probably help me with that since I live here in Casa Grande. Ab- yes? Absolutely. Yeah. You can go by and see Dale there. He's there Monday through uh Dusty's been out there a lot lately too. Dale or Dusty, they're there Monday through uh Saturday from seven to three. And they've got some beautiful live oaks. So if you're looking for a hardy evergreen tree, they've got them in a variety of sizes, but that would be one I'd recommend. Okay, thank you so much, Brian. Thanks, Karen. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Oh, let's see. Next up, we've got Paula in Surprise. Good morning, Paula. 
Hi, Brian. You have the best bumper music of anyone. Um, hey, um, last week, I think it was a Saturday, a man called in wondering if certain varieties would grow in this area, and blackberries were mentioned, mm-hmm. and uh, you said, yeah, that they would, and something was said about how treacherous those thorns are. <laughs> and, and it, yeah, and made me uh, think that there, and I don't know if you mentioned it or not, but there is a variety that is thornless that is really wonderful and has great berries on it, and um, they're pretty plant too, but no well, thorns. I yeah, I, I was just teasing him about those because he was from Oregon. And uh, oh, yeah. he, when we go up tagging Christmas trees in Oregon, wild blackberries that grow everywhere there. you know, And they are a wonderful yeah. flavor. But when you're out stomping through a swamp in the Christmas trees, you know, Oregon's not that cold where we tag the Christmas trees around Salem and Estacada and those places. But those blackberries, uh-huh. if they don't maintain them in the, in the, the you know, tree patches, <laughs> they can be, you know, ferocious. So, no, it's just, yeah, yeah. it's just brought back one of those memories. But, no, yeah, it's Arapahoe is one of the varieties, but there's several varieties of thornless blackberries that uh, are much nicer than having to deal with those thorns. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just wanted to mention that he's probably not listening. I think it was on Saturday that you were talking to him. But anyway, I just wanted to mention that because uh, I know they loved those bushes and they had fabulous berries on them, too. So that's all I had to say today. Well, Paula, you. you know what? I'll tell you what. You gave me another good reminder. Uh, you know, sometime today I need to get out and get some cuttings off the blackberries at my house so we can grow another bigger patch for this coming year. We do have, you know, blackberries at the nurseries uh, that are thornless. but uh, Oh, you do? Oh, oh we do. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, you know, we don't really sell the thorny ones much, but, uh, yeah, we certainly have the thornless ones available. Yeah, yeah. I've I've had a bad tangle up with the thorny ones. <laughs> yeah, those will get your attention. Well, well thank you, Paula. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break because Mr. Roller rolled back into the booth. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, I took some uh, teasing uh, in school with the last name of Roller, but you know what? It served me well, I guess. Especially down there on the beach in Miami. Right? Yeah, that's right. Miami <laughs> Beach. Exactly. <laughs> my birthplace, Miami <laughs> Beach. The sun and fun capital of the world, Jackie Gleason. <laughs> well, we want to invite anyone else to call during the break, and then we'll be back with John with the news. Number to call Julia, 602-277-5827-277-KTR. We'll be right back after John with the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.
you know, I think people might make fun of my generation for knowing that song primarily from movie Shrek 2. But if you've never seen the Shrek movies, they've got an amazing soundtrack and it definitely introduced at least my generation Z to a lot of fantastic music. So uh, I'll always be thankful for Shrek for that one. <laughs> and we're thankful for Julia for what she does with the music. Welcome back, folks, to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We do have uh, three lines open. The number to call is 602-277-5827-277. KTR, give Julia a call. Next, we've got Ryan and then Tom, and then it could be you. Good morning, Ryan. Good morning, Brian. How are you this morning? Excellent. Good. Hey, I just wanted to share, I'm a member of the Macy's Valley Rose Society, and to remind people they need to finish getting their roses pruned and planted. Perfect timing to remind them. It's with 80 degrees on the way, you want to prune now, huh? That's right. Yeah, it's the time to get it done. Um, I want, If you're okay, I'd like to share we're having a rose auction. Okay. Um, we were... We were gifted with, uh, I'm sure you know Tyler Francis. Uh-huh. Um, he uh, gifted us with a lot of roses, and so we're having a rose auction to benefit the garden at Mesa Community College. It has over 14,000 roses there. Um, I just want to share that and see if anybody would be interested to check it out. Well, Ryan, you know, that's it, it, actually the ag program out there at Mesa Community College is really special. Now, I am a PC alum, it's but uh, they really do a lot with, with horticulture and things over at uh, – and I've been invited to be a guest speaker a time or two over there in a few classes, you know. But their whole program over there with ag is, is one to really celebrate, and the Rose Garden is special. So thanks for reminding us, Ryan. Have you been? I have been, but not hey, no for worries. a couple years. <laughs> Oh, you you should check it out. We've really expanded it. It's a beautiful garden. It'll be great in about three months. Well, that's fantastic, Ryan. Thanks for the the heads up. Thank you, Brian. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Tom and Scottsdale. Good morning, Tom. Yeah, Brian, I want to have my grandkids grow watermelon. What variety could I grow well in a container on the patio? Well, if you get a large enough container, it's going to want to be a 15-gallon size or bigger, okay? And okay. if you want to want to keep a watermelon alive long enough, you want to not use just straight potting soil. It would be good to use a little bit of you know soil or loam with that, you know, maybe one-third sure. dirt at least, just to hold more moisture in there because a watermelon needs to be a big plant. Now, you might try yeah. some of the smaller varieties, you know, if you're going to container grow it. But, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier in the pro- program, my favorite really is the all-sweet. I just like a watermelon that I think has the best flavor, even though it's quite large and has seeds. And, you know, I think for children learning that, you know, plants come with seeds and chickens come with bones is kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but the, the sweet one that you're talking about, will it, will it do okay in a, in a container? Absolutely. But you need, like I say, use a big enough container. So you're going to want to have, yeah, for yeah. a watermelon, you know, like a 15-gallon container. Now, there are some cute little melons that you can grow, you know, in, in smaller containers. And, you know, if you're going to start off, you know, once you get going, Tom, you might end up doing some watermelons and some cantaloupes and some crenshaws, you know, because you could do like a 15-gallon bucket with three different things in it, and you could grow all those different things. It would be fun for kids. And, and how far do you think the branches would spread on the patio? Well, they're going to need sun, so it needs to be a south-facing patio. Okay, that would be the ideal. And uh, the runners on on an individual watermelon plant would probably, in a 15-gallon container, easily spread out 8 or 10 feet. Okay. You know, 4 or 5 feet from the center on each side. Yeah, okay. And then if I wanted to do a small 
the ones that are small uh, watermelons, mm-hmm. what variety would that be? Uh, there, there's a lot of different ones. I mean, you, just, you can kind of just see what's available. And a lot of them have decent flavor, but, you know, what we to grow a lot of the seedless watermelons, they're grown with a male plant that is added in for a pollinator. So you might even yeah. be better off to mix two, mix, mix a seeded variety with the smaller seedless one. And that way you got cross-pollination okay. for them as well. But there, there's a lot of open-pollinated seed, you know, seeded watermelons that are small available now. That uh, you can okay. find. And I, I just look for the seed at you know your favorite nursery or garden center and see what's available. And you said the sweet one was called. Super well, the sweet? big one's called all sweet. All sweet. All sweet. Okay. The, all right. Know, well, thank you very the, much. Th- that's one where you could probably get two or three melons on them, but you could watch them grow by the day, you know, and yeah. then, and then so harvest them when they're ripe. But but that, they'd be fun. Oh yeah. I mean, when they're asleep, I'll go out and buy watermelons. <laughs> Uh, you may not have to. You might be surprised. You might be more effective <laughs> than you think. Okay. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Tom. Bye-bye. Uh, next up, we've got John in Phoenix. After John, we've got three open lines. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, John. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Excellent, sir. Good. Uh, let's um, follow up a little bit on the blackberry, uh, the, the guest who was uh, talking about the blackberries and uh-huh. also strawberries. Is it too late to plant strawberries? Well, the best time to plant st- strawberries is in the fall. So, you know, you can plant strawberries year-round. They'll grow year-round. But if you want to get a nice crop of strawberries, you really want to plant them in the fall. The best time to plant strawberries is September, October. Okay. And how much uh, shade and light? Well, strawberries will grow, you know, like on a southern exposure, like up against a house in a bed or a pot or a strawberry pot. They'll grow pretty well. And um, what you don't want is the reflected heat from the afternoon sun, but you need enough sun to bloom. So the south side's the best. The east side will work pretty well, too. Okay. And and, and on the blackberries, um, if I, you know, I think your your place is over on uh, Glendale and 7th Street. Mm-hmm. Is that right? It is. Uh, now. Real, yeah. Okay. Yes. In stock right now, I think the only place I've got the blackberries in stock right now is at our store in Gilbert. Um, okay. And we do have some really nice plants over available at our Gilbert store. And I'll try and bring some over this week and get some over to Glendale as well. Okay. Well, I wanted to ask you real quick about that. Uh, so that's what you would get already plant growing? Oh, you, yeah. You, we have some nice five-gallon-sized blackberries that are big enough you're going to get berries on them this year. You know, and a blackberry okay. is not like growing a strawberry. It's a it's a perennial permanent plant, and it's going to get fairly large. So you want to give it room, and you don't okay. want to put it on the west side of a wall, but on the south no, uh, side. Okay. Don't put it on the west-facing wall, but on the south side or east-facing, uh, it'll do quite well. But you have to give it room to get big and grow. Okay, and one last thing, watermelons. Are those seeds you can spread somewhere and uh, you'll start to – I know they grow on the ground, right? Right. So watermelons are usually planted from seed uh, in the field. Well, a lot of them now are planted sets. Commercially, more watermelons are planted from sets than not. And, you know, more watermelons are grown commercially or seedless. And that's like probably 80% of the market in today's world is seedless watermelons. But you could easily grow uh, a watermelon. Now would be the perfect time to start in a pot at home and plant the seed right now, get it up to a medium-sized plant so that you could plant it into your garden in about two or three weeks and we're sure there's not going to be a frost. And if you'd plant right. the seed and start it right away, you'll have a nice transplant to get the garden going. All righty. That'll do it, Brian. I appreciate the uh, info. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Willa and Tempe. Good morning, Willa. Good morning. 
morning. Um, I have a tomato plant. It's a Roma tomato that got frosted. Is there any chance it'll come back? Uh, probably not. To... <laughs> you know, not... if, it, if, it, okay. if you killed the terminal bud off the top of your tomato, you know, and a lot of them probably did get frosted this last week. We had several places mm-hmm. around the valley had temperature mm-hmm. in the mid-20s. And if the top well, of the tomato can... plant goes, it's time to replant. It's in a container. I didn't know whether it would uh, come back if I planted it or just forget it and get another one. Well, if the top of the plant's been frozen off, I would plant a new one. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Willa. Bye-bye. And we're going to take a short break. But while we're gone, uh, we've got four open lines. Number to call, 602-277-5827. We're going to come back with Susan in Phoenix, and then it could be you. We've got about 10 minutes left with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Appreciate all the calls today. Go out and enjoy your morning. We'll be right back. Give Julia a call during the break at 602-277-5827. It's Julia and Brian here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM, KTA. Well, it's all right Riding around in the breeze Well, it's all right If you live the life you please Well, it's all right Doing the best you can Well, it's all right As long as you lend a hand You can sit around and wait For the phone to Someone to tell you everything Sit around and wonder what tomorrow will bring Maybe a diamond ring Well, it's all right Even if they say you're wrong Well, it's all right Sometimes you gotta be strong Well, it's all right As long as you got someone to lay with Well, it's a hard to beat an all-star band like uh, Trav and Wilburys. But uh, anyway, we have to interrupt briefly for a moment of commercial message. Yes, I uh, wanted to take a minute and invite you out to the nursery. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees, started by my grandparents back in the 40s and continuing now for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, delivered, planted, and guaranteed, we do it. From 15 gallons through big 72-inch box. I saw an elm tree at the farm yesterday we're moving that I don't know how we're going to get it tied in on a truck, but it's at least 30 foot tall and 30 foot wide. So, Or if you want a thousand big trees for development. In fact, especially we have coming out of our farm in Hyder, a really magnificent crop of what I call Sensamia Sinfrutus lemons. So there were lemon trees we grew in the farm, but they didn't have a large enough crop. There were a seedless lemon to grow for our trees that we're going to use to sell and use our, you know, for the fruit. However, they're the most beautiful landscape trees. If you've got a project somewhere and you want some big citrus to plant that have a few citrus on them for color, but not a big crop, these are wonderful lemon trees, 48-inch boxes and 10-foot by 10-foot installed, and you can have a beautiful line of citrus to begin with. Whatever your dreams, come out and see us. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale, the East Valley at Cooper and Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue. We also invite you to our big farm down in Stanfield, Stanfield Road, just south of Interstate 8. And it's Tangelo season, folks. Uh, Tangelos are going into the stores. If you want to find the good Arizona Tangelos that are ripe right now, two things. Don't 
don't buy a tangerol that's got any green on it. If it's got any green on it, it's not right for another month. And if you look for a Silver Canyon Citrus Sicker, that's us. We grow navels, tangerines, lemons, and uh, much more. You can find our fruits at uh, places like Whole Foods and Sprouts and some of them in the Bash's family. And it's uh, Safeway Albertson's. So if you want to go taste a really good tangelo, they'll be in the stores next week. And if you ask for the ones from Whitfield's or you look for the ones with the Silver Canyon label, uh, you'll taste the difference. They're ripe now. We, we don't pick our citrus before it's time. And now is tangelo season. Anyway, back Back to the phones. Next, we have Kelly in Surprise. Hi, Kelly. Hi, how are you? Great. Good. Um, we inherited a mandarin orange tree from our friend yesterday. It's in a 15-gallon pot. It's about three feet tall, and it was a little shriveled up because they hadn't watered it. We have a south-facing backyard, and I have it on the west side. So what can I do to help this little tree flourish. Well, watering is going to make a big difference. Uh, we did that. <laughs> You're going to plant it in the ground, Kelly? No, I think I want to keep it in the tree. In or in pot? the plant. Okay. Well, if yeah. you're going to keep it in a container, it's probably being grown in a fairly light potting soil. Okay. So you're going to need to yeah. water it on a regular basis, probably at least twice a week right now, and probably almost every day in the summertime. If you would put it okay. into a larger container, uh, say if you went to a nursery and you got like a 25-gallon size container, um, you know, a 30-gallon size, and if you repotted it back in the new container and if you mix some some sandy loam soil on it instead of just using straight potting soil, it'll be much easier to care for. Um, it's going to use oh, okay. less water and less fertilizer and take less care and less attention. So that will make it easier. Okay. But I would recommend that fertilizing it in a container. You might try a slow-release fertilizer like Osmocote. And that's going to release over about a 90-day period of time. That way you don't have to fertilize it so often. And you could put that right on top of it right now. And that would be great for it. Okay, great. Thank you. Uh, Kelly, the one other thing to be mindful of is when it's out in the backyard in the open, that the trunk needs protection from the sun. So from the ground to where the branches start, that trunk should be wrapped. You could use cardboard. You could use a piece of a towel, burlap, anything you have. Just some kind of fabric or something to give it a little protection from the sun. Just like if you lived at the beach, you know, you're going to need a little protection. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks, Kelly. Bye-bye. Susan in Phoenix. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Brian. How are you? Excellent. Thanks for asking. Good. Um, Hey, one of my questions is you talk about south-facing walls, east-facing walls. I just want to get it correct. So I have uh, my house, the front of my house faces east, back is west. Uh, Facing east to the left of me is north, right is south. Mm -hmm. You say a south-facing wall, would you mean that that the the plant is going to be on the side that's facing south, correct? Exactly, Uh uh-huh. Okay, because there's other times when you talk about south-facing wall where it's not getting heat. My, I ha- the wall that I have that was the front that would be facing south would be up against the cement wall, which would create too much heat, wouldn't it? Well, not really, because what happens on the south side of a wall, okay, is it enjoys mm-hmm. full sun all winter. But, you know, right. in the middle of summer, okay, by about the 1st of June, it's going to go in the shade because the sun's going to move past north. Okay. Right. So there for a period of about six weeks, you know, the south side of the wall actually is shaded by the wall being to the north of it. So it's it's kind of the easiest place to grow plants. They get that advantage of having full sun, you know, all winter long. And then they get a little break, right, in the heat of the summer. And hopefully we get a monsoon after that break, and then they're in pretty good shape. Right. Okay. 
That was one of the questions I had. Also, I had bought some organic cauliflower, um, the orange one. I think it's called cheddar cheese. Uh-huh. And um, beautiful heads of it. I'd like to let one go to seed. Okay. Um, do I just leave the head there, or can I take part of the head off and eat it and let part of it go to seed, or how can I do that? You know, I haven't really tried to do that with cauliflower, Susan. There'd probably be somebody better from the University of Arizona Cooperative okay. Extension Service to answer your question. Okay. Okay. Perfect. But you can One contact the U of A guys over there. They're, they're very knowledgeable and friendly. They have a great Master Gardeners program as well. The U of A? Okay. Um, the other one last question is I have, um, I had a climbing rose bush that I bought from Jackson and Perkins a while ago, and it sat out in the yard, and the root kind of grew down into the ground from the pot. I pulled it up, and part of it died, and there's a couple little green leaves on it, and it's supposed to be a, a red climbing rose. Would it be okay to plant it in the ground now? Or Absolutely. I... You want to do it right away, Susan. If you cut the okay. growth in the top way back, since you cut the root, uh, this time of year you could even bear root roses. So cut the top back, cut the roots off, and then transplant it right now, and it should do fine. Perfect. All right. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Cecilia in Phoenix. Good morning, Cecilia. Good morning. Uh, I got a quick question for you. Mm-hmm. I got three the fruit uh, seed trees that I uh, planted by the seeds. Okay. And I got like a year in the back it. Mm-hmm. One is small, like a one feet tall, and the other one is like three feet tall, and then I got a grapefruit. Uh, how long it take to uh, eat fruit when you do from the seeds? Well, the problem when you grow from a seed is you don't know exactly what you're going to get. Okay. Because the seeds are, you know, basically most all the citrus we do, we graft them. And so that way we have a clone citrus that's exactly like the uh, the parent. When you grow one from a seed, you're not sure what you're going to get. So you have genetic diversity. So you could have maybe the best grapefruit in the world or maybe one that's not good at all. And you don't know until you grow it up. And for, from a seed, you're probably looking at three to four years to fruit. Oh, okay. Now, if you wanted to, if you wanted to, Cecilia, you could graft onto that young tree that you grew, and the grapefruits make an especially good rootstock. So you could actually put a bud into it from a friend's tree or another tree you might have, or get a bud at the nursery, and you could put a bud in that tree, like in May, and then you would have a colonial tree, which you would know would be exactly like the other tree. Or you can just let it grow and see what happens. Oh, okay. All right. I just, I just wondering how, how long it takes to get fruit. Yeah, about, you know, you know on average, about three to four years. Because they are beautiful in the bucket. Oh, no. And, you know, it's fun to grow things from seed. And you never know what you're going to have. You know, that's the exciting part. Is you might have the best one ever. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Have a nice day. You too. <laughs> Bye-bye. Uh, Doug in Phoenix. Good morning, Doug. Hey, good morning. Uh, a couple quick questions for you. Uh, my my lemon tree and my Arizona sweets this year didn't get as big as they usually get, although the tangelos were full size. Am I doing something wrong that the lemons and the Arizona hey, sweets Doug, aren't hold, getting as big? Hold on, because I've got to say goodbye, and I'll give you more information off the air, okay? I'll be back. Okay. Chris and Regine, I'll be back with you as well. Appreciate the calls today, folks. Yeah, your citrus trees, the fruits can vary depending on the, the amount of the crop. We have a smaller size crop on a lot of our lemons this year as well, but we have a heavy crop. Anyway, appreciate all the calls. Enjoy each other and enjoy the diversity we have here. And thanks 
for all the calls today. Come out and see us at the nursery. And, uh, you know, we just enjoy being a part of our community here in Arizona where we, you know, have such a nice, diverse community from the natives that have been here for, you know, thousands of years to uh, the newest comers that are coming in as immigrants, bringing new thoughts and ideas and philosophies. Anyway, enjoy each other. Enjoy the weather. And uh, bear down, cats. But, you know, ASU, we got to be really proud of ASU beating UCLA. That's pretty amazing. Have a nice week, and we'll be back with you next Sunday with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show.